you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. there and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I am Oliver Banks, your host, and I'm delighted and proud to be your guide to help you through the challenging and changing world of retail and retail transformation. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to episode 135, number 135. Now, you know, we have seen some huge changes driven and arguably inspired by the pandemic. But as the pandemic subsides, certainly in certain parts of the world, we must also remember that consumers will continue to change and the retail market will continue to change. And so your retail organisation must also continue to change. But to do this successfully, you know that there is already a lot going on. There is a lot to think about, a lot to consider. And if you focus on the wrong elements or you miss certain key elements, then you're going to be challenged going forward. At best, you're going to miss opportunities and leave unfulfilled potential on the table. And at worst, you're going to cause business decline. And who knows what could happen after that. So given this, I strongly believe that there are three driving factors to consider for your transformation. And those three driving factors are exactly what we're going to be diving into today. And actually, I've got a special announcement at the end of today's episode to help you learn more about each of these three driving factors and ultimately put your transformation on the path to success. Show notes from today are going to be at obandco.uk slash 135. So let's get going. The first driving factor are the trends and themes from the wider market. It's important to get insight about what else is going on in and around the retail market, as well as the consumer market as well. What is happening with these consumer mindsets? You know, we're talking about changing consumer behavior all of the time, of course. But what does that really mean in general? And what does it really mean more specifically to you, to your category, to your niche, to your business? And it's always worth absorbing insight from the wider market as well, not just your specific category and niche. You know, what's happening in different countries, for example. It's a great place for inspiration, but also just to be able to see the future before it arrives at your doorstep, so to speak. But it's not just about looking overseas. Think about different categories. What can you learn and absorb from different aspects and different areas of the retail market, or even different channels as well, right? And of course, you can look at different industries to see what some of the key trends and themes are that are happening elsewhere that could be very easily applied into the world of retail and your world. You know that there are interesting developments going on all of the time, whether that is retailers offering new propositions and new service offerings, maybe. Or perhaps it's new ways of working that are becoming industry standard and new technology is enabling more change and more transformation all of the time, whether it's checkout-free stores 
whether it's robotics or whether it's AI powering a new part of the business. There's always new in the world of technology, right? There are sustainability shifts which are gaining momentum, whether that's new initiatives or defining best in class, or whether that's new ways to get the sustainability flywheel moving, which was something that Carl Boutet mentioned in the previous episode, episode 134, which is one of the big ideas in his new book, The Great Acceleration, so do check that out. And then, of course, some of the big trends that are happening around quick commerce, social commerce, and even metaverse commerce as well. Who's doing what? How? Is it working? And is it for you as well? So lots of insight from many different aspects around the retail world. And depending on your innovation strategy, you may decide that you're not looking to just copy someone else, right? Maybe you're looking to define your own path. Or maybe you know that your niche and your category and your customer is looking for a more specific, a more unique approach. And that's great. Really great. But it still is absolutely worth getting the insight from around the world rather than just sitting in a cupboard hoping divine intervention will shine down on you and show you the path forward, right? So get insights from the trends and themes in the wider market. And by the way, if you've not already signed up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, then this is a great free tool for you. The Retail Transformation Briefing is my email newsletter, which comes out once a week, which gives you the key headlines from the world of retail transformation helping you understand new innovations, new trials, new deployments, and new insight that is helping you to understand how the retail market is shaping and changing and evolving. You can sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing on today's show notes, which are obandco.uk slash 135. And that is our first driving factor, the trends and themes from the wider market. Our second driving factor is the new operating model. And this is a way to develop your ideas all the way through to implementation. And operating models is always a great topic here on the Retail Transformation Show. I'm very passionate about operating models. So I would encourage you to check out some of the previous episodes of the podcast too. Maybe start with episode 117, which is asking if operating models are dead in the new fast-paced world of retail. Here's a hint, they're not, but they are changing. (laughs) So your operating models, you must think about how you can be more intentional to drive your transformation towards success. You can't rely on change by chance. So how does it all work? How does it fit together with the wider ways of working? How does the change management approach that you're taking support the shift to the operating model? You must also think about adding the logic into your operating model to make sure that things all work, right? Everything connects, everything leads like it should do. It's well thought through. And by that, I mean it's blending in both experience and expertise from within your business, as well as the insight around what the data is telling you. You know, data is hugely important in the world, as I'm sure you know, but think about how you can use the data both to guide the development of your transformation as well as the ongoing operation in the longer term, right? And thinking about that logical point as well, you must make sure that your operating model makes it very clear what to do when things don't go to plan as well, which are 
arguably just as important, maybe more important than when things do go to plan, the happy path, right? So what happens when you stray off that happy path? And how does that feel for customers? How does it feel for your colleagues? How does it work for the business as well, of course? So make your operating model logical and also make it structured. And this will drive the consistency factor as well as aspects like efficiency and effectiveness. You want to give a level of helpful control, not micromanagement, not overbearing compliance checks everywhere, but helpful control to make sure that you get the most from the people that are within your business and make sure you get the most from the way that your business does operate and needs to operate. So it needs to be almost systematic, but still adding in the elements of creativity and artistry, which is still very important for for successful and for passionate retail. And then finally, think about how you can make your operating models agile and responsive, allowing the model and your transformation to flex and to adjust as things continue to evolve, as you feed it with new insight, right? New trends and themes emerge. How are you going to adjust it? You don't want to get stuck in a rut that you can't get out of. You want to be able to have your operating model be flexible, be agile. And when thinking about developing your ideas into your new operating model, it's also worth asking the big question. What do we mean by operating model? Now, you may think that seems a bit obvious or a bit of a basic question, but it's really not. In fact, when I'm working with retailers to help them define their operating models, that question, what do we mean by operating model, is always such an important question. And it's always interesting to see the variety of responses that you get around what an operating model is. And of course, if you don't understand that, then you're going to get miscommunication, you're going to get misalignment. And ultimately, you're going to get missed opportunities and missed expectations as well, right? And so think about how the change impacts the operating model as well. Conversely, how does the operating model accept and promote change too? Does the operating model even reflect reality? Always an important question to ask as well. Or maybe the operating model is the change. And what does that therefore mean to you? and to your colleagues, and to your wider organization, and of course, to customers as well. So make sure that you have a new operating model as a driving factor to help you transform. And then the final driving factor that I'd like you to think about today is transformation capability, and how you can inspire and level up your team and your wider organization. And here you need to be thinking both about the skills and the mindset as well. The skill or the will, we used to call it when I was at Tesco. So the skills that are required are going to be obviously dependent on your transformation and on your organization, right? As well as, of course, the individuals involved. So whether it's around project and program management, whether it's around technical skills, or whether it's around understanding the business and the systems and the processes that all exist within the business and making sure that there is a good understanding of that, or whether that's even developing understanding of new tools and developing proficiency of BI tools or data analytics and data science or AI or robotics or whatever the change and transformation contains within your world, there's likely to be some skill development needed to get that transformation capability there within the team, right? And then the mindset piece is really interesting. And there are some huge challenges here 
going on in people's heads, both personal and professional, all of the time, right? You know, whether that's around resilience, whether that's around openness and honesty, whether that's around curiosity, or whether it's around flexibility and agility. All of these different mindset considerations are hugely important, like I say, both from an individual's perspective, as well as from a a wider organization perspective as well. So how are you developing the skills and the mindset? And also, you must think about the different levels of the organization as well. So what does transformation capability mean for leaders, or for the change agents, or for the operational teams, or for the customers too? So for the leaders of transformation, these are people that are hopefully enabling the change or the transformation, and they may also be the decision makers too. So how are they going to be supporting and guiding and challenging as well? And I explored all of this a lot more in episode 131, where we looked at four traits of the transformational leader. So do check out that previous episode as well. Then as we move on to the change agents, these are perhaps the program managers or the project managers that are driving the change, defining it, developing it, and delivering it. And this is a really interesting piece because actually these change agents are multifaceted. I'm going to reflect on one of the previous episodes, this time episode 130, where we defined what a transformation superstar was. And one of the points there I made was what I call a five-star transformation project manager. And what does that mean? Because it's not necessarily just a job title, right? But it means there's elements of project management, there's elements of change management, there are elements of data analyst in there, as well as being a problem solver and generally being an all-round business-savvy, sensible head, shall we say, as well. (laughs) And this five-star transformation project manager is an important consideration to make. Like I said, it doesn't need to be a job title, but for your change agents, how do they build capability within these five different aspects that are needed to become a transformation superstar? Let's move on to the operational teams here. These are the custodians of the operating model you know, head of business as usual, shall we say. And of course, you know, for your organization, these may or may not be the same people that are change agents, right? But nevertheless, these operational teams must support the transformation. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. It's not going to stick and it will revert back to the way it always was. So what's the capability needed and even the involvement needed, right, for these different individuals? And then finally, think about the transformation capability needed for the customers of change. Now, these are not necessarily the end customers, the consumers, shall we say, for your business. They might be, but not necessarily. But these are the customers of the change, the people that are living with the change on a daily basis. So maybe they are the customers, but maybe they are colleagues in stores or in your warehouses or contact centers or maybe even the office as well. How open and ready are these people to deal with the changes that you are proposing? In fact, do they even recognize that there is a challenge with the status quo? That's an important point, right? Because if they don't recognize that challenge, why would they need to change? What's the point, right? What's in it for them? And these are all elements that are deeply involved with change management, right? Because ultimately, if the change doesn't stick, it doesn't work. So that whole change management piece is absolutely critical when thinking about 
building transformation capability within the organization and within the different levels of the organization as well. So those are the three driving factors that are core to your transformation success. Thinking about the trends and the themes from the wider market and how you can get insight to drive the transformation. Thinking about the new operating model and allowing you to put ideas intentionally into action. And then thinking about the transformation capability and how you can inspire yourself and your peers and your colleagues and your team and your organization to level up and successfully take on change. And I mentioned right at the very start of the show that I had an opportunity for you to help learn more about these three driving factors. And I'm really excited to let you know that Retail Transformation Live is coming back once again. This is the third outing for Retail Transformation Live, which is the virtual conference designed to help you transform your retail business. It was born out of the coronavirus pandemic, in fact, and I'm really proud to bring it back to you once again. It's happening on the 6th, the 7th and the 8th of July 2021. So do make sure that you keep those days free. I'm going to be sharing lots more details over the next few weeks. As we come up for those dates, the 6th, the 7th and the 8th of July 2021, it won't be all day on all three days. So you'll be able to keep your transformation plates spinning at the same time as leveling up yourself and getting new insight, new ideas and new inspiration to help you transform. You know, over these three days, I'm going to be really excited to dive into these three driving factors, helping to break them down and helping you to get future fit and ultimately on the path to transformation success. And I would love it if you can join us. It's going to be a free event once again, packed with golden nuggets. As you know, they are going to be packed with golden nuggets always, right? (laughs) So do make sure you head over to retailtransformation.live and grab your free spot. That's retailtransformation.live. And I can't wait to bring this virtual event to you once again. The feedback from the previous ones has just been brilliant. And I'm so proud to be able to once again host this one for you. Got some awesome stuff lined up. So retailtransformation.live once again. Or head over to the show notes, right? obandco.uk slash 135. Just before we do wrap up this episode, I just wanted to highlight those few episodes that we mentioned as we went through. So we spoke about the episode with Carl Boutte, which is episode 134, diving into the great acceleration and the race to retail resilience. We touched on episode 131, which was around the four aspects of a transformational leader, as well as episode 130, which was around becoming a transformation superstar. And then finally, in episode 117, we explored retail operating models and asked the question, Are retail operating models dead in the flexible post-pandemic world? So do go and check those episodes out. I'll put them all on the show notes, obandco.uk slash 135. Thank you for tuning in once again. And I'll really look forward to joining you at Retail Transformation Live. Grab your spot, retailtransformation.live. And I'll catch up with you soon. Bye. Bye.